You're listening to the Better Health Podcast with April, a platform dedicated to coaching women in areas of health, lifestyle, and legacy by speaking with leading health and wealth experts and with the goal to inspire women to thrive in their lives today and in the future. Now, on to today's episode. Welcome to another episode of Better Health. Today I'm speaking with Melissa Rolfs, who's also a sister in Christ, and she helps women kick sugar and to develop healthy habits and a healthy relationship with food. So welcome to the show, Melissa. Thank you, April. I'm so excited to be here. It's been so fun to just connect with you already, so I'm excited for this episode. Me too. Let's do this. Let's get the ball rolling. So the first question to warm us up is, where are you from and what was your family like and childhood like in regards to health? Ooh, this is a good question. Um, Well, I grew up in Indiana. I'm a Midwest girl, but I've transplanted to Arizona now, so I'm enjoying warm and sunniness year-round. But growing up, I feel like my family, we were really unhealthy. I grew up um, on the standard American diet. Both of my parents worked, so I would come home after school and eat a bag of Doritos by myself, two cans of Coke, didn't think anything of it, had no I knew that food impacted weight, but I didn't realize that it could do more than that. I just associated food with weight. And so eventually, you know, you go through middle school and high school and and you want to look good. So then I developed an unhealthy relationship where I wasn't eating. So I went from kind of one extreme to the other. Um, But that was just what was modeled in my family. We used food for comfort. My mom was kind of a stress eater. And so she'd eat the Oreos when she was stressed and I learned that and followed those habits and then tried to do the opposite when I got older. So not very healthy at all. And that's not even talking about the, you know, diabetes that my stepdad had and the other underlying health conditions that were already present. So. Wow. Wow. That's actually really crazy. Cause I relate like nearly 100% with you, Melissa. I, you know, I, you know, ate certain foods. I had a soda growing up and um, would have Mountain Dew after or before basketball games. And then, you know, high school came and I was like, okay, like, I I don't want to be unhealthy because I noticed that being unhealthy, I was starting to actually gain a little bit more weight, um, despite always keeping it off when I would eat unhealthy. And high school hit and it was like, okay, like, I wanted to look good. And so I took it a little more extreme where, like you were saying, I started to just cut back on foods and not eat as much. And um, college, I would say, is when I really use that a lot as a tool to just slim down. So it's actually really crazy how we relate with our background stories and health. Absolutely. And so crazy what we do now. I mean, that's yeah. kind of, yes. I think, the crazy part. Like, people who knew me then are like, what? She's mm-hmm. doing what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So um, we kind of know a little bit about your background, but what ultimately got you into this health sphere and helping other women? There were a lot of factors, April, and I always say the moment that kind of brought me to my knees was we were um, living in Illinois. My husband had a job where he was traveling frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a two-year-old who had undiagnosed food intolerances and mm-hmm. sensory processing disorder, a newborn baby who wasn't mm-hmm. sleeping and a mom who was stressed out, overwhelmed, exhausted, angry, and ended up meeting with a life coach who also happened to be a therapist, and she diagnosed me with PTSD. Wow. So 
that kind of all was happening at the same time and it really hit the fan. Um, tried the traditional route of antidepressants. It made it worse. <laughs> so I ended up meeting with a holistic naturopath and she did all of the testing of the urine, the blood, the spit and everything. And as you can imagine, my vitamin and mineral levels were tanked in the toilet, mm -hmm. as she said. Um, so she started me on supplementation and that made a really big difference. Yeah. I didn't know about the food piece though, until a few years yeah. after that, um, we had relocated again, this time to South Dakota and really started to get a hold on our daughter's food intolerances mm. and realizing, okay, well, they came from somewhere. Well, they came from me because I ended up having the intolerances and became aware of the impact that food has on mood and overall health and weight, started doing more whole foods based type of eating, um, cutting out sugar and just, it was an amazing life-changing transformation. And I knew that there were other women who were where I was, they were overwhelmed, exhausted, stressed, turning to food for comfort and all of the things I had tried in between the workout plans, the meal plans, the diets, none of it worked. And yeah. so I knew there had to be more going on, not only in me, but with me in order to help them as well. So I went to school to become a coach and really help wow. people learn how to change their habits and their mindset and their relationship with food and themselves, because that's, I think, where it starts. A hundred percent agree. And you really took responsibility over your health. And, and it's crazy because a lot of people might think, oh, if I'm unhealthy, it just impacts me but it really shows how it doesn't just impact yourself if you're unhealthy, it impacts your children, your relationships with other people and, and how are you supposed to really be intentional and um, be present for those that really need you if you aren't healthy yourself. Um, and yeah, I think it's a really important topic to talk about too is um, unhealthy relationships with food because I feel like a lot more women um, without even realizing it, have an unhealthy relationship with food. Everyone over the whole course of the world, I feel, does in to some aspect. Absolutely. So I, yeah. We live, sorry, no, in a totally society, not. April, where we look at what we do. I mean, when we're potty training our kids, we reward them with food. Mm -hmm. When they do well in school, they get rewarded with a tree. Like, we are always incentivizing with food, mm -hmm. and it it's just become a common practice. And if you don't do it now, you're the odd man out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Exactly. As a teacher, I, I totally know what you're talking about where, you know, if you get this, uh, if you raise your hand, you get a starburst or whatever, it's, it's all over. Um, so I would love to know what, what is your take on an unhealthy relationship with food? What are some of the key pillars that can define that? I think it's, if you are using food for more than nourishment, to be honest with you. Like, mm -hmm. I think if you are turning to food when you're lonely, when you're mm -hmm. bored, when you're stressed, me, I would stuff the feelings that I didn't know how to handle because I didn't know what to do with them. So I would try to stuff them down with food. That wasn't healthy because I didn't feel safe to express my emotions. Um, so I just think it's using food for, for what it's not intended for, which is nourishment. Yeah. And whether that's to cope, to mm -hmm. soothe, to numb, to escape, whatever that looks like, um, that would be how I would define it. Mm -hmm, totally. And, and what does it look like for maybe the opposite end where maybe, yeah, an unhealthy relationship with food is, you know, gorging on a whole bunch of junk food. Can it look the total opposite? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, 
I, I hate the mentality, and I know hate's a strong word, April, mm -hmm. but I don't, I, I think the mentality of all or nothing is really damaging because when mm -hmm. we think we can't have something, we think about it more and then we end up wanting it more. So I'm a right. big proponent of, you know, eat something and don't feel the guilt and don't feel the shame, like just eat it and then mm -hmm. get curious around maybe why you ate it if you weren't hungry. So I think yeah. if you're curious instead of judgmental, that's a big, big game changer. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's kind of the first step in developing that healthy relationship is getting curious behind mm -hmm. why am I gravitating towards this food right now? Am I looking mm -hmm. for something else? Am I hungry? Will this nourish me? And really kind of mm -hmm. get quiet and ask yourself those questions. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And not being guilty if you do have something that may not necessarily be the most healthy, letting go of that guilt because that stress that will build up will do even more damage than on your body. And so just realizing, yeah, maybe I made a mistake or no, I, I ate really healthy today and it's okay to reward yourself sometimes too. Um, but understanding and being curious about why did I end up eating that? Was it an actual reward or was it like just me filling a void? Absolutely. And I love what you said about stress because um, the impact of stress on our body is so profound that we can eat the healthiest meal on the planet, mm -hmm. but if we're eating it in a stressed out state, it's negating itself. So it's yeah. having that balance of grace and compassion and not stressing. hundred percent, hundred percent. So if someone's like, okay, you know, yes, I definitely realize I don't have a healthy relationship with food. What are the first steps that you would advise them to take? I think it's again, getting curious, you know, mm -hmm. ask, okay, where, where am I in my relationship with food? Mm -hmm. Why do I have this relationship with food? And I think the biggest thing to that April is really giving yourself permission to get quiet mm -hmm. and be still and take time. I think we live in a society where we're so go, 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 go. And we don't give ourselves permission to sit down and be quiet and be still. And there's so much that we can learn from those stillness, quiet moments yes. that we need to give ourselves permission to do that. So I think really just sitting down and asking the question, why and where did this come from? Instead of how can I fix this with the next diet? Because I think we want the quick fix. Oh, but if sure. we go for the fix and we miss the root, it's, it's like this. It's like two mm. ships passing each other. Yeah. You have to understand your why behind things and, and add a little emotion or passion behind it. Because if you just jump into something and are trying to do it, if you're not like, okay, my why behind me doing this is X, Y, and Z, you're totally, like you were saying, you're going to miss it and you're not going to end up succeeding at it because you, you don't even understand why you're doing it. You just want that quick fix. Like you were yep. saying. Yeah. And I definitely. think a lot of women fall into that. I talked with one yeah. woman, one woman recently, and she was like, I don't know why I keep doing this. And I'm like, that's a great question. Ask yourself why you keep doing that. You know, are you, are you doing this because society tells you you have to look a certain way or are you doing this because you want to change your relationship with food and the way that you feel about yourself and your body? Like what, mm -hmm. what's really going on here? Let's get to the heart of it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. The root of it all. And, and people and women need someone to, kind of like point them in that direction of like, okay, what is the root of what you are doing? Um, because we can't use our own counseling. We need counseling from others as well. Otherwise we'll, we'll be blind to a lot of different things. 
Absolutely. And we can justify, I mean, oh, we can, sure. can justify until we're blue in the face. hundred <laughs> percent. Like, oh, an extra piece of chocolate. Like it's not a big deal. Oh, maybe another one just because I feel like it. And nobody's like, watching. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Closet eating for sure. <laughs> so, so you made a lot of lifestyle changes and diet changes. So I would love to know, you know, how was it for you? And I'm sure it wasn't hundred percent easy right away, but there was probably a hump of, you know, getting past that. And then once you were in a groove, so tell me a little bit about how you shifted your lifestyle and, and was it easy? What were some of the um, hardships that you went through? I'm, I'm laughing internally because I remember very clearly trying to start that journey before any of the diagnoses were even on the table. I was just like, I saw this blogger, I think it was a hundred days of whole food, something like that. And I'm like, I'm going to try this. And so I bought like the whole wheat flour and did all of these things. And I'm laughing because it was a few months after that, we realized that we can't have wheat or gluten. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so that I remember like feeling so overwhelmed and like, mm -hmm. I didn't know where to start and what to do and trying to make a binder and checklist yeah. and, um, just really felt overwhelmed. But I think it was super helpful to know which foods worked for us going forward because like I said I had kind of like done more damage than good in my trying to like switch us over um in there <laughs> yeah 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 do you have food intolerances too yeah there's just there's some things like dairy I just don't yep. do well with at all and and I've I feel like I've experimented and investigated myself to yep. some extremes where it's like whoa you know I was eating a lot of the certain food and then all of a sudden I realized whoa like after researching something or getting a test it's like okay actually I need to really avoid that and I just ate a whole bunch of that over the course of this amount of time and um where it's like okay I'm glad I found that out and I'm experiment experimented with myself versus others or my future kids but at the same time it's like tests don't guess a lot of times is the best option but if you can't do that you know obviously being very in tune and getting your research done and I think that was I think for me personally the hardest part is I was so disconnected from my body and didn't know how to honor hunger and fullness didn't know how to tell which foods were affecting me mm -hmm. but I think our daughter was really good at helping me through that because mm -hmm. part of her um, sensory diagnosis was she and food intolerances, I guess, where mm -hmm. she would vomit every night. And so mm -hmm. for her, she knew that there were foods that were making her sick. And we discovered mm -hmm. this through the road of testing, like you were saying. Yeah. Um, but now to this day, she's like, I know that when I eat this food, it makes me sick. So I think mm -hmm. for her to know that at such a young age is really powerful because I just ate all, right. the, all the time that made me feel like yuck and didn't even know that that could do that to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. And I love that you're tying, you know, what it looks like for you and your family as well, not just you, because I mean, kids can be very difficult. And so the fact that she is identifying and being curious of how food reacts in her own body at her age, it's like, wow, that is, that is such a blessing right now because she, like you were saying, she could totally just eat and eat and eat without really realizing, wow, I don't feel the best, but just giving in for sure. Um, I'm sure a lot of women too are finding like, okay, Yes, starting something new is very overwhelming. Hearing Melissa talking and how it was somewhat overwhelming for her is uh, a sight of, or a gleam of glitter where it's like, okay, like there is hope. So can you pour a little bit of hope into those that are like, I want to make a change, but I'm overwhelmed. Yeah, absolutely. I love 
the phrase that I learned in my training, April, and it says, small hinges open wide doors. Because I think so many times we negate the small things every day that add up. So start small. Figure out something that you really want to work on and do that, whether it's increasing your hydration. You know, we're suggested to have half of our body weight in ounces of water per day. So if you want to focus on hydration, focus on hydration. Mm -hmm. If you want to focus on exercise and safe movement, do that. If you want to focus on getting rid of some junk food and swapping it in with some healthier food, do that. For me and my personality, if I did everything at once, I would get overwhelmed and paralyzed and freeze. So I think if you can focus on one thing at a time and make it easier and feel like you've gotten really good at one thing, then you can tackle the next. And then you've built this foundation of, oh, I've gotten my water down. Let's try the movement or the sugar. And you can build, and then you're going to have a really solid foundation built on those small hinges that are going to open wide doors. Definitely. It's those little successes that make you feel like you're on the right track. And it's like with anything, you know, not just necessarily diet and health lifestyle, but, you know, a new job or like tackling something new. If you just start a whole range of things, you, you can't be a master at each one. And so you need to kind of master each step along the way and understanding your personality too. Like, you know, there's some people where, yeah, you really need to take it slow and one step at a time and based on your schedules and what you have going on in life. And then there's some people where, yeah, they can handle a little bit more at one time. And that's great too. Understanding who you are is great to know also. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think too, I was going to say something that might've escaped me now, but if it's important, it'll come back. <laughs> totally. Totally. <laughs> I, I 100% agree that it will definitely come back if that's true. Um, so what are some habits that like and adopting new habits into your lifestyle can take a lot. Um, what are some tips to taking on new habits? Yes. Doing it one step at a time, but um, do you have any other tips that could go along with that? I'm glad you asked because it came back to me and it, it parallels <laughs> yes. so well. I think celebrating those wins. Cause I think, mm. you know, if you have that positive momentum and you are excited and you can celebrate that, it's more likely to propel you forward. Cause I think mm -hmm. when we don't celebrate or we get down on ourselves or we get into that downward spiral, mm -hmm. we aren't as motivated and encouraged and excited to move forward. So I think celebrating and acknowledging those wins is really big because mm -hmm. let's be honest, we live in a, a society where we don't really acknowledge. Mm -hmm. people. So if you can mm -hmm. start doing that for yourself, it's going to carry over and you're going to start acknowledging those around you. That you see doing really great things too, that they might not have or picked up on. Totally, totally. Awesome. Thank you so much for that, Melissa. So what are some things that you would do to reward yourself and the little wins? Oh, this is a good question too. I had to stop rewarding myself with food because I was a big person who would like think she did such a great job staying home with her kids. And when she'd go get the groceries, she'd get a candy bar at the <laughs> checkout lane like I did when I was a kid. Um, so I really had to find some other ways to reward myself beyond food. So I even made like a little nourishment menu of things that I could do to reward myself um, to celebrate those wins. So things like walking, um, maybe getting a coffee with a friend, going out for lunch, um, getting, you know, a new nail polish, just something. It doesn't have to be expensive or frivolous, but just some little way to acknowledge that you have done something that you're excited and proud of doing. And it's not, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And 
also thinking about like, you know, kicking sugar habits. It's not always easy because a lot of times people will get those sugar cravings. Do you have any, any tips for, okay, when you're getting that sugar craving, what, what should be their next step? That's a really good question. Um, there are several things that come to mind, April. I think a big thing is to ask if you're dehydrated. Have a glass of water. A lot of times we can misplace dehydration with hunger. And so the drink of water, have a glass of water, wait a few minutes and see if you're still hungry. Um, and, you know, again, get curious and ask, okay, in this moment, am I hungry? Am I thirsty? Am I lonely? Like what's going on that's making yeah. me crave this? Is it a physical craving? And if yeah. it is, absolutely have some, enjoy it, don't feel guilty. Mm-hmm. But if it's not a physical craving, a hunger craving, and it's something more then that mm-hmm. needs to be addressed. Definitely, definitely. And maybe you're like, maybe you're just missing out on a hug and getting a hug can do so much positivity for filling a void that you might not realize it's, it shouldn't be supplemented with food. Maybe it's just a hug you need or talking something out with somebody. Getting to the root of things is, is huge for sure. So, you know, thinking about like, okay, a lot of times women have struggles with, oh, I, I ate this and I feel really bad. And I know we touched on it earlier, but, um, what, what would you give those women that struggle with that? Where it's like, I feel guilty after this. How would you guide them? I'd like to know why they feel guilty. Mm -hmm. Are you feeling guilty because you ate something that society deems as bad? Mm -hmm. Do you feel guilty because you ate when you weren't hungry? Do you feel guilty because what's what's going on behind Mm -hmm. that because i think a lot of times we have feelings and emotions Mm -hmm. and we can have them but i think the question is are we acting on them or not and so i guess Mm -hmm. i'd be curious to know where that feeling came from Mm -hmm. and dig a little deeper into that i talked to a woman this week who it was so beautiful she was like Mm -hmm. i had dessert with my family and we portioned it out she goes and i ate until i was full And I didn't feel the shame and guilt that I normally feel. So I think if you can identify why you maybe feel that way Mm. and where that comes from and work through that, that's a great place Mm. to start. So it just seems like a common occurrence of getting to the root issue. And that's, that's the underlying culprit for so many problems in regards to food. So that's just the common theme. Um, I would love to know, what are your thoughts on like journaling? Maybe you do it, maybe you don't. Um, is journaling a great addition to include when you're starting a new lifestyle like this? I think it is. I'm a big proponent. I know something that was super helpful for me for me when I started my journey was having a food and mood journal. And then I could pinpoint, okay, when I ate this food on these days, my energy was lower. I was a little bit more crabby. And if you can pinpoint how certain foods make you feel, that's huge. So that's kind of a great foundation to identify the food piece. But then if you can take it further and journal your emotions, that would be great for an internal processor. I'm an external processor. Mm-hmm. So what has been helpful? This might sound ridiculous, 
but it's just making videos and, and navigating things and talking things through. Sometimes I share them on social media. Sometimes I don't, but just to process it externally with myself <laughs> is really helpful. So I think it depends mm -hmm. on your personality. If you're more of an introvert, journaling would be great. If you're an extrovert, find somebody, even if it's your video to <laughs> externally process with. <laughs> That's so interesting. I love it. I love it. I mean, whatever works for you, it's like you do that. <laughs> um, and then what are your, so journaling could be an area that people could use. Um, what about like accountability? So having a community, um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's a big thing because when you've got people cheering you on again, I think it comes down to that acknowledgement, April. I think mm -hmm. a lot of times women, especially that I work with, they don't acknowledge all the things that they do and to have somebody speak into that and say, did you hear what you just said? Like you did this and this and this, let's celebrate you. Cause I think we just get so focused on the goal that we don't acknowledge or celebrate. So to have somebody sure. give you that in addition to the accountability is really powerful. Yeah. And if you're a words of affirmation person, that, that can just be the reward and the, um, it can replace the food that you might go to um, just by getting the words that you need from others in your life. And, and so many women, I, I feel they really hone in on, you know, what did I do wrong during the day today? What, what did I do that I just didn't do quite as well as I could have? And without realizing maybe you did so many amazing things also that it overtakes the negative things, but we can only focus on the negative. And so then having that accountability, those people in your life to just speak life into you where it's like, whoa, yeah, yeah, maybe those things didn't go that well, but this and this and this and this, those all went amazing. And those are wins right there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so important. And I think it's what you said. I think a lot of women, we do that. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Totally. I agree. So, so thinking about, you know, women with kids, or maybe you're going to be having kids soon, um, even with a spouse, how would you um, guide them when it comes to developing a healthy lifestyle um, while also having kids and a spouse that maybe they're not 100% on board? How can we be a better example for them? And what advice would you have? This is such a good question as well, because I feel like a lot of people struggle with this. A lot of women have the mentality of I'm going to diet, so I'm going to eat my food and then I will make a different meal for the family. Yeah. Well, and then let's be honest where, you know, if you're a mom and you're cleaning up the plate, what do you do? You want to eat the food. You don't want it to go to waste <laughs> mindset. So we end up eating the leftovers off of our kids' plates. Mm -hmm. So we're kind of negating what we've done. So I'm a big proponent, April, of having everybody eat the same thing. Um, mm -hmm. If your kids are older, getting buy-in is super important. Like I know when my kids mm -hmm. get to say what we have for dinner certain nights, they're excited and they want to eat that. Whereas if I'm like, we're going to have a roast, they're like, ew, I don't <laughs> like that. So I think it's not just serving them what they like, obviously, but making mm -hmm. sure they have some ownership over mm -hmm. the meal. And I think serving the same thing is super important. And if they don't eat it, it's okay. But we're, I'm a big believer and you've got to try it. Your taste buds change and they grow. So, you know, you might not like it this time, but you've tried it. And if we have it again, you might like it next time. So mm -hmm. I think if you can get everybody on board and kind of get the buy-in, that's mm -hmm. helpful. I talked to the same woman who I shared with about the dessert earlier. She um, was just sharing that she had a meeting with her family and she kind of sat down and she's like, okay, this is why I want to do this, that these are my goals. And she really got the family involved in that why mm -hmm. for her. And then that got their support. It just, it was a game changer. Mm -hmm. So I think the more 
you can make everybody feel connected and a part of, it's going to be smoother. <laughs> oh, totally. And yeah, like bringing out the why behind what you're doing, not just being like, oh, you're eating this today. Obviously, there's so many kids, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, well, watch me. No, I'm not going to eat that. Or I'm going to complain. Or no, I'm going to eat this instead. So and really just being an example of like, wow, like this is so delicious. And I'm just thinking about how healthy it is for my body. It's helping this. And I feel great after I have energy. If they see the positivity that you have from whatever you're eating or those lifestyle changes that you're making, they're going to want that because they obviously that see that it's an amazing and maybe a fun thing to do. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I have a hard time, I think, when I see women who are dieting and they're doing things and then they will turn around and give their kids something that they wouldn't be allowed to eat on their plan. Like I, I wonder what example that sets for the kids. Um, cause then you're kind of growing what I grew up with where, well, mommy's always dieting and she can't eat this, but I can. Mm -hmm. Well then what are they going to learn when they grow up and they grow older? I just, I, it's an interesting yeah. dynamic to me, no judgment, mm -hmm. but just mm -hmm. like, Hmm. Yeah. It, it makes you think, okay, why am I doing what I'm doing? And, you know, incorporating it within the whole family, it, it creates unity as well. So yeah, really good points. Good points. So to start wrapping things up, what are some key takeaways that you have for listeners? I just want people to know that they have the ability and the power to change. And mm -hmm. I think a lot of times we don't think that we can change. We think that we're stuck we think that this is how we grew up. This is how we're always going to be. This is all that we know. And I believe that change is a choice. And if you desire to change, you absolutely can. Um, I love knowing that we have brains and minds that can change. And neuroplasticity shows that you can rewire your thoughts. I mean, there's so much encouragement that we can change. If you really want to change, you can. Like, you are your them. You can do this. You can do all things through Christ. If you are a Christ follower and you, you know that verse, like mm -hmm. you can change. It's possible. I'm living proof. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. So many women um, and just people all over the world that take responsibility over their health, they, they are living proof that it is possible. It's just, it's not going to be easy, but it is possible. And then think about you know, the changes that you make, the positive impact it'll have later on down the road and maybe even for generations too. So really, really great takeaways, Melissa. Thank you for those. Um, so now leading into the rapid fire questions, let's, let's begin. <laughs> so who is the most influential woman in your life? And they could be living or they could have passed. Oh, I need to think about that one. Oh my gosh. It's tough. <laughs> It is tough. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like anybody came to mind right away, to be honest with you. <laughs> I don't know why I'm thinking this, but I'm think I'm just going to share what's, what's on my heart. And I think Go for it. Ruth in the Bible, mm -hmm. I mean, cause she really, um, she was the widow, right? And she married Boaz, like she left her her family, she got married, her husband died, and she took her mother-in-law and married Boaz and kind of created this beautiful life that mm -hmm. integrated the pain and the hurt from the past into this new thing, mm -hmm. if I'm accurately speaking on my biblical theology. I believe here. so. I believe okay. so, but I don't want to be like, yes, it yes, for sure. Then all of a sudden, oh, well, wow. <laughs> I know my Bible well. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so yeah. If, if 
That's who I'm thinking of that. And I think the reason behind that April is because she's integrating where she came from and the hurt and the pain into the new and making something beautiful from it. And I think we can all do that if we choose to. Definitely. Definitely. It's a great example. And it's, it's just crazy because it was hundreds of years ago as well. And we, we all have very similar struggles despite um, our lifestyles today compared to then. So really, really neat to think about that. All righty. What is your favorite food? Hopefully this is a little easier. <laughs> Anything sweet. Like I have a big sweet tooth. So yeah. I don't know. I love ice cream. I love chocolate. I would say chocolate. <laughs> I, I am right there with you and everyone that says it, I'm like, we got a special connection. <laughs> Dark chocolate, a little sea salt. We're good. That works. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> dairy free, though. It has to be dairy free for oh, us. <laughs> uh, exactly. Yep. Oh, man. We're, yep. we're going to just ship some chocolate to each other now for, for a little gift. <laughs> oh, man. Are you a past, present, or future thinker? Ooh, I think I'm all of the above, to be honest with you, because I think I can see like the way the past has impacted the present and the way the present is impacting the future. So I think I'm more big picture. I think if I had to pick one of the three, I would say more like future because I'm like a planner and I'm trying to anticipate what might happen and being prepared. So I think all but more if I had to pick just one to think her, mm -hmm. the future. <laughs> definitely, definitely. It's but it takes a little bit of each to really make good decisions and well-rounded decisions for sure. Um, what is your favorite travel destination or dream destination? I love Europe. I love Paris. I studied abroad in college and I loved oh. it and I want to go back with my family. So that's got to yes. be it. But I haven't been to Italy or anything. So maybe I'm missing something, <laughs> but I really did love Paris. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can't go wrong there. I've been to Italy and let me tell you, it, it definitely is amazing. Okay. <laughs> the food and just the coast. It's very good. I haven't been to Paris though, so I'll have to definitely visit to there. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Let's do it. <laughs> and then the last question, are you a reader? And if so, what are you reading right now? I am a reader. And interestingly enough, I'm always reading something about business or personal development. Right now I'm reading a book by Lisa Sasevich about sales. And I don't know the title of it, but that's what I'm reading. I'm horrible with titles too. So <laughs> I don't feel bad because whenever I have to reference a book, I'm like, I think the name was this, but anyways, the point was this. Yes, and this is what the cover looked like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. There you go. It just ties a little bit more to, a, you know, the type of learner we are, and yes. which is another topic, and that's crazy fascinating. So I, I love that kind of stuff. Yes, me awesome. too, because we're all different. Oh, definitely, definitely. So now I would love to know, how can listeners connect with you, Melissa? Yeah, my um, happy home, my website is www.freetobecoaching.com. I have a Facebook group. People are welcome to join. It's called Happy Healthy Mama Tribe. My Facebook page is Happy Healthy Mama. I don't do much on Instagram, but yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Those will all be in the show notes as well for anyone that's um, curious. I'm sure any, anyone that connects with you, Melissa, will just feel the warmth that you have and the intentionality and um, how much you really do care. And so um, it's been an honor and a blessing to have you on the show. Well, thank you, April. That means a lot. And it's been awesome to connect with you. And I'm excited for what you're doing and the good work you're putting out. So keep doing that because the world needs it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Better Health with April offers health, 
fitness, and nutritional information and is designed for educational purposes only. You should not rely on this information as a substitute for, nor does it replace professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have questions about your health, you should always consult with a physician or other healthcare professional.